God, we celebrate today your devotion to us, your unfailing love and unending grace are gifts that no person has earned and that no person can forfeit. We rejoice in your gift of creation, a world that gives us food and water, beauty and awe-inspiring views, seasons of warmth and seasons of winter, all bringing us a cycle of days our spirits need, new life, growth, harvest, and rest. You have been so generous with us in ways that are evident and ways that are covert. As we delight in who you are and how you are, we consider ways that we might respond to such lavish love and grace offered to each and every one of your children. We are encouraged to keep our faith in you. God, you know that some days are difficult. Sometimes those difficult days stretch into months, years, and lifetimes. But you are with us each step of each path on which we find ourselves. May we remember that you value and treasure each of us, even when we have forgotten our own worth or can't seem to understand where we belong. We pray that your spirit will help us continue to live in faith, to live in the assurance of you and your presence that will never forsake us. In response to what we have been given, may we joyfully share from our abundance with others. We all have a gift that we can share with someone else, gifts that nurture, encourage, advocate, empower. Even on days when we might only have a smile to share, remind us it may be the only smile someone may see. As followers of Christ, give us energy and strength to use what we have to serve others, to seek justice, and to share the very good news of your love. With grateful and humble hearts, we ask that you hear our prayers. Hear our words of thanks for friends, families, support networks, and even strangers who help us when we are broken and who lift us up when we have fallen. Hear us as we pray all of this to you this day.
The witness of scripture this morning comes from the 65th Psalm. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who answer prayer, to you all flesh shall come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with deliverance. O God of our salvation, you are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength, you establish the mountains. You are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make the gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy.
in faith, service, and gratitude. When the Stewardship Committee first met a couple of months ago, their initial discussion focused on the ways in which we as a church family talk about the ministries of First Christian Church of Norman. For 130 years, this body of Christ has been part of the Norman community, which means that essentially as long as Norman has been incorporated, so has First Christian. So we recognize today that we are the recipients of a long, rich heritage of women and men who have graciously, courageously, joyfully given voice to the love of Christ in Norman and in Oklahoma and across the globe. May we never, ever lose touch with this grand continuity of faith, that river of God's love flowing to us and through us, giving life for the healing of the nations, as the last chapter of Revelation so poetically proclaims. Forward in faith, service, and gratitude. The Stewardship Committee found each word to be vital as we think about the mission and ministry of this body of Christ. And we also recall the word steward, because this is who God creates us to be. Perhaps almost forgotten or maybe overshadowed by a strictly economic understanding, the word steward simply means caretaker, someone who cares for what belongs to someone else. As our Genesis story proclaims, when God created the world, God's design for humanity is that we would care for and love the world in the same way God cares for and loves the world. When Genesis speaks of humanity having dominion over what is created, that does not mean we are to bend the world to our will. Instead, it means our will is to embody God's loving care for this world. So to be a steward is to be an earthen vessel of God's presence here. Stewards practice the dominion of God's love on earth as it is in heaven, just like we pray every Sunday. Forward in faith, service, and gratitude. As stewards of God's loving presence, we remember our biblical story proclaims that God is a covenant maker. God is in the promise-making business. We remember that a long time ago, God said, I will be your God and you will be my people. And we note that God did not ask for permission for that arrangement. God simply pledged to love the world God created. Now, without a doubt, and the Bible is honest about this, there have been plenty of times when people have given God pause to reconsider that arrangement. In fact, 
in one of the most painful scenes in all of Scripture. Just a few short chapters after the glory of creation, Genesis says God regretted ever having created as the tears of God's lamenting flood the world. But we remember what results from that, don't we? It's not that humanity straightened up and started to fly right. Instead, it is that God's covenant said never, never again will vengeance or retribution be used by God toward the world God so loves. And a bow is placed in the sky as a reminder, no more arrows flung at creation. So when some religions proclaim God as angry or vengeful or distant, it must mean that that religion quit reading seven chapters into Genesis. Today, we read from the 65th Psalm. It is a hymn echoing God's covenant with all creation, God's doubling down on the covenant, and the poetry is exquisite. To you, all flesh shall come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. You visit the earth and water it. You crown the year with your bounty. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. They shout and sing together for joy. The psalmist proclaims, God makes covenant with all creation. To be a covenant-making God means something else. It means there is a partner. Those who talk of God's unconditional love have not got it quite right, suggests Will Williman. God loves us as we are, but never leaves us that way. In covenant, God first says what God will do for us, then God tells us what God expects of us. Better than unconditional, God's love is vocational. When we're lost, wandering, or when we feel no responsibility for anyone but ourselves, it can be either reassuring or annoying to let the rainbow remind us that God has covenanted to be our God and for us to be God's people. So for all the many, many ways that we are identified or codified in this world, today we remember God's covenant claim. We are first and always stewards living and loving in God's world forward in faith, service, and gratitude. And that is our covenant as we move into the 131st year of ministry at First Christian Church of Norman. Without a doubt, the last almost three years now have been unimaginably challenging and at times heartbreaking. And yet what is emerging out of these three years is a sacred doubling down on our side of the covenant with God. 
so that we will continue to be God's stewards of love and grace in this world. Even as so much has threatened and has taken from us, we have been held by and we hold on to our calling to be God's faithful stewards in the world. Reflecting on the last three years, Jeff Brumley has written, it's been important to givers that their churches minister to surrounding communities during the pandemic. Givers want to be benevolent and they expect their congregations to be an extension of their generosity within their communities. And that's right. And that statement is deeply descriptive of the faith and the practice of this particular body of Christ. And so, we come to this commitment day in the storied life and work of this church, pledging to move forward in faith. Faith. Faith that is not absolute certainty, but is the courage to keep our hearts and our minds open to serving this world. Faith that as Abba Pullman has described, it's both inner attitude and outward service. Faith that lives humbly and gives alms. Faith that God is a God of love. Faith that because God is love, God calls us to love one another. Faith that the church never raises the question of worthiness in its exercises of care and love forward in faith, service, and gratitude. And anyone who has ever spent any time with this church knows that service is foundational to the work of the church. It's the practice that 14% of what is given to the general fund of the church is then given to our outreach ministries. And this year, that means that 29 different organizations benefit from our giving, with 41% of that outreach giving supporting ministries in the Norman area. Now those numbers are important, but behind the numbers are people. Elementary age children at food and shelter who can have a meal. Families who have a home, thanks to Habitat for Humanity. Children who have a safe place to go away from an abusive environment. High schoolers who live at bridges with support to graduate rather than to drop out and have to live on the streets. Parents who receive counseling services from the Center for Children and Families. Senior adults who have a safe place to stay during the day or receive a hot meal so that they can stay in their own homes. Women who are given a chance to start a new life after incarceration. Infants, infants who have a blanket 
so that they can be warm. Families who are sick but need medication and can't afford it because all their money is used up on rent and groceries. Our vulnerable neighbor, neighbors who live at the border and lack the basics of clothes and water. Missionaries globally and nationally who provide gospel news and word and deed by building churches and running water lines, by teaching the faith, and by growing crops. So much that we rarely ever have to worry about our daily struggles for so many people. And the good news is 14% is only the beginning. Because well beyond the basics, the women's and men's ministries of this church, along with our youth mission trips that, for example, this past summer provided over 900 hours of service as 38 youth and sponsors served in Alaska, faithfully served those whom Jesus called the least, the hungry, and the thirsty, the stranger, or the unclothed sick or the imprisoned. This church resolutely serves the Christ who abides with those who are in need and who abides with those who minister to those in need. Forward in faith, service, and gratitude. That is our mantra as we pledge our gifts for the good work of this body of Christ called First Christian Church of Norman. You may remember that this church proposes a balanced budget for each year of ministry. The pledges we make and the patterns of giving we have empower the work of this church, which receives no gifts from endowments or any other sources to support its daily ministries. We do what we do because of the value we each place on being stewards of God's good love in this world. With profound gratitude, we get to be part of God's caring presence in this world. This is who we are recipients of God's covenant love that gifts us with our vocation in this world. At the conclusion of her delightful book, Grateful, The Subversive Practice of Giving Thanks, Diana Butler Bass provides a wonderful perspective. What she writes is phrased as a prayer. And this is what she says in part. God, we choose to accept life as a gift from you, from the unfolding work of all creation. We choose to be grateful for the earth from which food comes, for the water that gives life, for the air we all breathe. We make the choice to see our ancestors, those who came before us, and their stories as a continuing gift of wisdom for us today. 
We choose to see our family and friends with new eyes, appreciating them for who they are, and be thankful for our homes, whether humble or grand. We choose to see the whole planet as our shared commons. When we see your sacred generosity, we become aware that we live in an infinite circle of gratitude, that we all are guests at a hospitable table around which gifts are passed and received. So we will not let anything opposed to love take over this table. Instead, we choose to see grace free and unmerited love, the giftedness of life everywhere as the tender web of all creation. And in this choosing, and in this making, we will pass gratitude onto the world. So we ask you to strengthen us in this resolve here, now, and into the future, around this table, around the table of this nation, and around the table of the earth. Well, stewardship committee got it right, didn't they? Thanks be to God as we move forward in faith, service, and gratitude.